play the fight song. Welcome to the Play the Fight Song podcast. We are back again after an incredible weekend of college football. We had two guys out traveling to games. We had another couple guys that were locked into everything going on through the weekend, and there was plenty of good football, whether that was a big game in Tuscaloosa, whether that was a big game in Lubbock or anywhere else throughout the country. I mean, I felt like there was a lot of buzz around that weekend, and it lived up to a lot of the hype. It also led into a billion headlines on ESPN, CBS, and Fox, and all these places for a multitude of different reasons, and I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to recap it a little bit. We're going to dive into next week's games. We're going to give you a preview of that. We're going to talk about the dog's dog and who's hot right now because there's somebody in this chat or in this podcast that's feeling it with the underdogs right now. And we'll jump into helmet stickers, things like that. We're going to roll right through it. It's hot. hot. He's hot. Got to cool him off. Only two weeks in. Kid's red hot all of a sudden. I don't know what to say. That's all I got to say. If you would have taken them, you would have known. You know, I went against the public. I was, I was, I was ready to roll. That was a tough Suck one. My to butt, do dude. Mine hit too. Yeah, didn't win. Mine didn't. Mine won. <laughs> Mine won. No, you didn't win outright. Oh, yes, yeah, I did. did. You did win. Yes, you did. You're did right. Your double digit. Right. That's my bad. That's my bad. Come I'm on, bro. I'm to have one for you, Reese. I got, I got you this week. This week, I got you. I don't know if they'll win, but they're double digits. I also took a double digit underdog. You yeah. hey, guys have better not have taken mine. Okay, well, we're about to find out. Uh-oh. I have a backup plan, Shaver. Everybody gets a 1B. Everybody gets a 1B tonight. What we need to know, though, Schaefer, is that if you take this team, you just need to let us three know so us three can put it in our account that's betting against yeah. you all the time. Fucking Jordan <laughs> took mine. Fucking. This is, see, all, all I got to say is, like, you just let us know who you're taking. We'll go opposite so our bank account keeps rolling because, like, we have Really? Because you'd been dead-ass broke this weekend after I went 4-1. <laughs> yeah. and one. I got you so hard for years. Hey, yeah, you'd have been crazy. Whoa. I didn't tell you. Crazy how I didn't tell you guys. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, mm-hmm. let's jump into a couple of things real quick. Quick news items before we get rolling into recaps and helmet stickers and things like that. Obviously, in East Lansing, we had some news break within Michigan State. Mel Tucker suspended without pay. Um, this is a Title IX investigation and uh, sexual harassment investigation within uh, the university with someone who was affiliated with the university in different forms and the football team. That formal hearing is until October 5th. I've read up on the subject, but again, I'm not qualified to continue to talk about it. And I think everybody here feels the same. Uh, but that is news that we would, you got to know because Washington does go into East Lansing to play the Spartans this weekend. Um, I would make sure I say this name right. Harlan Barnett is the interim head coach for the Spartans at this point in time. Again, Mel Tucker suspended indefinitely. We don't know when he'll be back, if he'll be back. He will it's never a whole be back. different thing. I, it doesn't sound like it, but again, I don't want to jump to any conclusions and uh, throw a take no out opinions. there that's just going to bite me in the back end. But We're uh, all masturbators here. We can give professional opinions on how that works. I mean, this oh, is a crazy situation, right? Why do we say that? Like, it's, we're covering it up. It's out there. They wrote that. USA Today. It's news. It's news. But it's, but it's, oh, I don't know the ins and outs completely. I don't know the ins and outs. No, he admitted that he beat off while he was on the phone. That's not in question. No, that's not what I'm I'm saying. I just don't want to like, I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not giving an opinion because I don't know any facts. They're never going to get to the facts of that case. How can you? No, we're. I don't know. How can you fire him, Shafe? Like dead serious question. How can you? Because how can they ever prove what actually went on on a phone call? I have zero. You really don't think like, you really don't think that we're able to like tap phones and go into like conversations if like if the government really wanted to find something about you you don't think they could get your phone conversation from yes, last week 
government to go do it. I don't think the government's getting involved. I don't, in this, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think, but the, you know, or whatever they caught him doing stuff, but it wasn't, wasn't like a ring camera or something like that. Like there's ways to find stuff, but it's, I think like just a one-on-one phone call, if the government came out and like got involved in that, people would be way more worried about their privacy. Like it would rose way too many other issues. Like I just don't know how they're going to prove this. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the situation, but it's crazy. I my yeah. my theory, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, and a hypothetical mm-hmm. of Michigan State's just using this to get out of that huge contract. I That's mean, what I get, said too. And they can get get can get rid of them really with with cause, yeah, um, I, whether that be a half of the buyout or or get out of it full clean and not have to pay them a dime. Um, but I mean, you can go back at last year, and this year is the direction that it's heading, and. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to use it that way, but something to think about. Yeah, to think it's, about. it's not the craziest thing in college football. College football is not necessarily the uh, cleanest sport or the most honest sport in the business. Mm-hmm. So, they're in the NBA. Yeah, staying within the Big Ten East, Kyle McCord has officially been named starter of the Ohio State offense. He will play throughout the year. He's going to start every game that came out from Ryan Day. And that program, he will be the quarterback of Ohio State. They're no longer going to split snaps and do things like that. Let's jump right into our helmet stickers. Well, like We're going to go into recaps right after this. We might as well talk about some of these outstanding performances from the weekend. And I'm going to lead off with Reese. Who are you throwing your helmet sticker on? We got a pretty cool one, a pretty cool decal we can throw on this helmet. We'll send it out to them. We'll ship it to them in the mail. They can throw it on the helmet. I got Mr. Van Dyke out of the University of Miami this weekend. Uh, very good win for that program. 48-33 against a and a team that a lot of people were high on. That offense, uh, their bread and butter is supposed to be, able to, to be able to run the ball. They really couldn't against A&M. Uh, Van Dyke threw the ball extremely well. Um, only nine incompletions, 374 yards, and five five touchdowns, no turnovers. Guy did well at home in a, t- in a game they needed to win, and they looked really, really good. 100%. Yeah, that's a game we will recap very shortly. Schaefer, going to you on your helmet sticker. Where are we sending this one? We are going down to Raleigh, where Sam Hartman absolutely tore apart the NC State defense. He caught lightning in a bottle, and the scoreboard caught lightning in it. So there were there were lightning strikes all over the field. Yeah, did that that work? I think. Did you see that video? Where it, no, it got struck by lightning and it like went. Oh no! I'm, yeah, I'm still confused. I Sorry. thought you were just trying to stick no, the landing. No, they had a they had a lightning delay during the game because of yeah. Uh, Anyways, and they came out of that lightning de- delay and absolutely tore apart NC State. I think NC State cut it to like 24 to 17, and Notre Dame scored 21 unanswered. He was 15 to 26, 284 yards, four touchdowns. He's got Notre Dame yeah. all the way back. Hey, so hey, love this. Shout team. out Notre Dame. I had them. And that was one of my favorite plays of the weekend. That check the box right there. Kicking myself. Perks, are you ready for a helmet sticker? Do you got a guy? You're ready. I got a guy. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go literally hand in hand with Jake. I'm gonna go to Audric Estime. Mm. 14 carries for 134 yards and two scores, an 80 yard touchdown run within that, and a hundred. Like I said, 134 total yards and average 9.6 yards a carry if you break that down. So yep. we're going to stay in the That'll same work. backfield and that ass whooping of NC State. First yep. play, but hey, uh, off work, the man. lightning delay, took it 84 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, so. what a dagger. What a dagger coming out of the locker room. And you, usually, like, it's a slow move back into a game after a delay like that. Nope. I mean, it was immediate. <laughs> one team was ready to go. One was not ready. And usually that's an NC State defense that holds a lot of people below their scoring totals for the year. Nope, not last week, as estimate and 
Hartman lit up a Wolfpack defense. Hey, I'll go with mine. Omari and Hampton running back out of North Carolina. How about 26 carries for 234 and three touchdowns? Now, I know they play App State, and people are going to be like, oh, well, he did it against a group of five team. Well, that group of five team is pretty damn good, and they're good every year. They give everybody a scare. I mean, anytime you're playing a group of five team from within your state, they're coming for heads, and that was a great game. And anytime you go over 200 yards and score three touchdowns, that earns a helmet sticker in my book. Let's go to uniforms. We can't give helmet stickers to uniforms. We don't want to ruin the gorgeous look these teams got going on. Best uniform of the weekend, in your opinion, is who? Parks lead it off. I mean, I kind of hinted at this on our uniform account just when they dropped it and announced it. Hey, hey give, us, li- give us that plug again. Tell us what that uniform account is. Yeah, College Football Uniform Watch. If you're not on it, which I assume most of you are because it's a big account. People love uniforms, including me. That's why I do this. I'm very passionate about it. You can follow it. It's at CFB underscore UniWatch. I also plug all of our podcasts. It's hand in hand with each other. Um, growing rapidly. So join it. I post everybody's uniforms right as they announce them. I follow all the uniformed account. I talk to the guys behind the scenes and direct message. I know what teams are wearing before they even announce it. It's very exciting for me. And my uniform of the week is going to Tulane. The green wave rip out the baby blues with the white helmet, big ass green wave, baby blue stripe. I don't know if there's a cleaner look in college football. Maybe Oklahoma State gives them a run for the money with all of their sets. But Tulane gets mine by a million. The ability to match the turf was mm. exquisite. It was just mm. chef's kiss. Too bad Why? they couldn't finish Reese. a game. Reese, uniform. Mm. What are you loving? Um, I'm going to go with the Arizona State Sun Devils. I was thinking somebody else originally, but then you know what? I'm going to go with the Forks. Um, I think that helmet is one of the most unique designs of college football. They went with a different kind of color scheme this weekend. It's just unique. That's, I'm going to mm. go with that one because I think – the other team I would have picked is going to be a, it's going to be more common uniform form, yep. so I think this was a little more different. So, hey, that works though. Like you, you kind of got an Arizona State thing going on, Reese. Yeah, they didn't, I, they, didn't, they didn't have a thing for me this weekend though. They sure <laughs> they did. They, they did not reciprocate the feelings. Schaefer, nope. your uniform man. We'll stay within conference. I'm going to go and don't make fun of me. I thought Oregon's was slick this weekend. Ducks. Yeah, they had the all chrome. If you can limit the lime green, I'm fine with the stuff they wear. Yeah. You got to limit the lime green, and I'm good. It was an all-white look with uh, green lettering, and then they went with the chrome look, uh, silver, for the helmets. I thought that was awesome. I, usually Guys, they go white there, but the – jersey too. Yeah, they, they definitely look faster. <laughs> it definitely probably gave them a touchdown or two. So that's probably why the guy won. was four eight last week. He put on the uniform. He was four four. <laughs> it's just it's magic. I don't know how that happens. Hey, I'll stick with Reese in that same game. Oklahoma State went to Arizona State and put on a show on the field as well as the uniforms. Now this is a school that I didn't think needed to rebrand and like completely change their look, but they did come in there. They kind of went with the retro throwback a little modern twist on everything white helmet script cowboy with white jersey and the orange pants and it was awesome i mean great mm. uniform matchup late night it was awesome to see on tv and you got to watch two teams you weren't too sure about it was awesome i, I had a great time talking uh, about that with you guys and then watching that game as well let's jump into a couple recaps let's lead off with parks parks you were in boulder for nebraska and Why uh, me? colorado because you were there. You were there. I was, and I'll go. I was you were there. there. You were there. How, first of all, there. how, how was there. Boulder? Have you you've been to Boulder before, right? I've been to Boulder before, not summer. for a football game. Uh, okay. For just a personal trip, students were barely on campus. I don't even remember the time. I believe it was April, so they were on campus, but they weren't. It wasn't very packed. 
walked yeah. around the campus. It's beautiful. Best described as like an off-brand Hogwarts is my best way to describe that campus. Um, the football stadium, absolute turd. I've heard funerals louder. I think the noise difference for me when it comes to Boulder was just the the size difference. Like it being 35, 40,000 less people in that stadium. Maybe that's why I felt like it was so much quieter. But it really wasn't that loud there. Like even at the the highest of high moments for the buffs, it just really wasn't that loud. And they, they stole, I don't know if you guys know this, but do you, you know they stole the skull chant from the Vikes and they do sco? No, like no buffs. Yeah, they all do it. They do like the drum and everything. And I was like, damn, you guys got anything original here? Uh, but the fans not as advertised. Like I, I had a great time with everybody. Couple sitting next to me was fantastic. Super nice people. I mean, I think it's a rivalry game. So like me walking by the student section and them telling me to fuck off mm. didn't surprise me. Like I did, I wasn't taken back by it. As like, it why are these be. people so mean? Like that's what it is. That's why I'm yeah. here, baby. And so. Uh, no, it didn't. The first five seconds I got into uh, around the area of Boulder, some dude from a Colorado tailgate was like, come over here and tailgate with us. And we were like, no, we were going down to Nebraska tailgate. He whips me a grilled ear of corn. It was absolutely <laughs> delicious. Shout and, out to uh, I got corn out in Colorado. Huh? Yeah. There you go. Uh, they must have gotten it from uh, the great state of Nebraska because it was absolutely delicious. And so shout out to that guy if he's somehow listening to this. So it wasn't <laughs> advertised. I had, a, I had a great time other than obviously the schlacking. So good atmosphere in Boulder. Hey, I've never been out there for a football game. It is a pretty open concept stadium. I mean, it's right on campus. So they didn't really build it up. They kind of built it out within itself. Um I was at a different game, so I didn't get to watch that one live as much. It was kind of going in between TVs at different tailgates and things like that. But good I watched you recaps and stuff of it um what's your take on the jeff sims situation is it a jeff sims problem is it a we just need a relaxed situation i differ from most of husker nation when it comes to jeff sims because i'm still not like completely checked out on him i mean obviously people have their frustrations well earned he's turned the ball over seven times in eight quarters um and nebraska's turned the ball over eight times in eight quarters so it's just inexcusable but if you take away just the snap fumbles i'm okay leave the interception because those things are going to happen he threw one pick if you leave that up there and take away just the snap fumbles because it wasn't even when he was running the football he was more than serviceable he produced our 55 yard touchdown run because he's a 22 mile an hour sprinter Uh, like i i'm not completely checked in on him out on him yet i'm sorry I'm not completely checked out on him yet. I think it's it's very easy fixes. He went through his progressions way better this week than he did against Minnesota, hence why he only threw one pick instead of three. Um, so it, I think he just needs to keep taking steps. But obviously the injure, injury at the end of the game, they said he might be out for a couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully he has some time to re- reflect and, and go back and make some changes. So Yep, and Nebraska will have a couple of games in Lincoln that they'll have a chance to kind of sure up things on the offensive side of the ball. I was in Ames personally for Iowa, Iowa state. I've been to Ames a couple of times. First time I've been to a game in Jack Trice, probably in like six or seven years. Uh, I think the last game I was at in Jack Trice was Trayvon Boykin in the TCU team that came in there. I think that was the last game I was in. Um, but it's, it's the same thing. I mean, it's a great atmosphere. You kind of have everything set up. I will say the parking was an absolute shit show. It was awful getting in and out of that parking spot. And it was because they closed the main road to get in. All I would have had to do on this main road was just turn in. No, you have to go. Everybody's going through the same entrance. And I had to weasel in between tailgates where people are already parked in the street with their tents and go to a side lot that was wide open. But nobody could park back there because you couldn't get through. It was frustrating. It pissed me off. That's my only gripe with it. Um but Jack Trice, actually, I have one more thing, Schaefer. 
and you were there for sure, you and I. That score, the original scoreboard they put in on the tunnel side, the big one that goes over the top of the glass building. Yeah, the screen's starting yeah. to go out. I mean, it's it, it's got squares it's, on it. It's, it's old. It's old. It's, it was. It's probably about fifteen years old. Well, didn't they just? Didn't they no, just put a bunch of money cool. into that project where they're like connecting uh, Hilton to that, like it's with a big gonna, parkway? Like connect, but it's going to be like a little. Yeah, Psy-town it's going to be called, what it's, called. it's like a it's business like a, district with bars, restaurants, hotels, like a McFarland like clinic. Like, yeah, it'll be it'll yeah. be pretty cool. They're moving AJ's on there. <laughs> it should. It'd be a lot more cool if it was just a power. Yeah, but district. you just can't. Like it won't be serviceable hit. enough because you only get six football games and not enough basketball games down there. How many people are going to stay in that hotel? I think enough. Other than football season, basketball season. I, I think enough, but it's more like they're going to do like a lot of work, like an actual, like a lot of businesses and McFarland clinics is actually the first thing that's going mm-hmm. up. So it's not even it's a freaking hospital. It'll, it'll be nice. JP, you gotta remember it's still a school. Like a parents come to visit and they'll yeah. stay in that hotel. Like, yeah. I just, it was just interesting to see how much construction was going on and then how hard it was to get in my damn parking spot. But I had a, <laughs> had a good time. It was nice outside. Most of the day was overcast, which was great. Kept the sun off of us. Uh, we were about the 45 yard line uh, in the upper section, not too far up. Perfect spot. I thought that game was exactly what everybody thought they were going to get out of it. I have a gripe, but the problem is with my gripe is that I don't know why I expected anything different. I mean, Iowa got up in a situation where they could have just decided to try and put a team away, but they saddled the football again in the second half and just kind of let it go. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, Iowa State did what they were supposed to do in the second half and they made a run late. So, I mean, it just, oh man, there's so many little things like a missed 97 yard touchdown pass. It was like a foot too far. And then Kale Johnson on fourth and one, if he just misses the shoestring tackle and gets out of there, he scores it. So it's like ugh, little things, but Kirk's out on the football, won the game, got out of there with a the win. That's all we needed. Um, Parks, you had a co- question, comment. Yeah. Just going back really quick, just so I'm not missing this, because I know I have people that want to hear this. Are we reviewing the games as well? Cause you might need to go back to me for the actual game breakdown. I thought we were just talking about the atmospheres. I was just going quick. I was just oh, going okay. quick. We, okay. People okay. have already okay. had their recaps. They've listened to other things, but I just wanted to say like, I don't know why I expect anything different, but I got out of there with a win and I was good. I was happy. Again, that's a team you should beat this year, but we still have problems with keeping McNamara healthy. You're still going to have to roll into Penn State next week. Let's jump into, actually, let's go to Lubbock first. You guys good with that? Let's go to Lubbock first. Oregon wins at Texas Tech late in a disgusting cover that actually hurt Schaefer's dog's dog. <laughs> Um, again, I, I had, beat our boys over there with I had SPT Texas Tech plus and, ten and a half. Uh, you ever seen double in a, uh, in a in Where did a you get an alternate one? Oh, in DraftKings. Well, teaser. Oh, I thought you were no, live no. at some point because you probably could. No, they were winning number. the majority of the time. Hey, yeah. Oregon outscored Texas Tech thirteen three in the fourth quarter prior to the late pick six that put them up and put the game out of reach. Um, you want a stat that's going to tell you everything right here? Texas Tech was minus four in the turnover battle. And now they're 0 2 for the first time since 1990. Now, it's not like they went and played Stephen F. Austin and some other rando went 0 2. Like they've challenged themselves. They went to Laramie. They brought in Oregon. They challenged themselves. But when you turn the ball over that many times and go negative four in a turnover battle against a good team like Oregon, you're probably going to lose football games. Whether you're at home or not and you have the magic of Lubbock behind you, it does not matter. The run game uh, for Oregon wasn't really explosive. Like you really didn't see this team take off. You did not see um, 
Knicks and this offense really take off on the ground at any point, which was surprising to me. I thought that's where they would make their hay. No, it was through the air. Um, Schaefer, your thoughts on this game? Because this is kind of one that you were really ready to see last weekend. Yeah, I, I thought that, man, it was really Texas Tech's to win down the stretch. Um, I think what the, they scored that backdoor cover with, like 50 seconds left on another another bad pick by, yeah. by Shuck. Um, Shuck, outside of the turnovers, has been really impressive for me. Uh, the thing, it doesn't really change my opinion on Texas Tech going forward. I think that... The rest, the Big 12 still lies ahead of them. I think this is still a team that can win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change in my opinion. I think they just need to clean up some things um, off- uh, offensively and just take care of the football. For Oregon, for me, I knew this was going to be a tough game for them. I said that. So I just wanted to see them be tested and then win that test. So them coming out with a victory, them getting the stop when they needed to, uh, that really tells me that I think Oregon is a legitimate contender. Um, for a college football playoff race or a Pac-12 race. Uh, but I, like you said, JP, Bucky Irvin ran for 11 carries on the 38 yards. They got to get more out of him. He's a top top three back yep. in, that, in the conference, and, and they got to see more from him. It can't just be Bo Nix all the time. But there was a lot of Bo Nix talk that, you know, losing Dillingham uh, was going to change him back into the old Knicks, and we haven't seen that in the first two weeks. He's been really impressive. So, so my I opinion agree. doesn't really change yep. on either of these two teams, honestly. Hey, Reese, you're looking at Texas Tech. I believe you were high on them in the preseason. Do you zero and two? Does that like, does that should that change what that fan base feels, or is that kind of like, hey, it didn't start the way we needed it to, but none of it really matters in the long run of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think the the loss to Wyoming hurts. Obviously, it's a game you should have won, but you're going into the Big Twelve where it's a conference that's known for eating itself up every year. Obviously, looking at um, Texas just going and beating Alabama, that's the one. I think glaring team in that conference right now, but you, but then again, you get them your last game of the year. So you have plenty of time to prepare yourself for that situation. So you got a lot of time to play well. Um, I mean, Chuck is still a great quarterback. Got to stop turning the ball over, but the guy was running. He was throwing everywhere he needed to do everything he needed to do. Um, just, it's a tough spot, but like I said, the big 12 is known for eating itself up. And if they can just find a way to get themselves squared away, find a way to get a, a winning conference, they'll be just fine. Perks, you had Oregon as your Pac-12 champion, no? Yeah, I have him in the college football playoff. Do you like the win-ugly situation right there, like what Schaefer was saying? Yeah, no, we talked about it in the the, the preseason preview even. like This is a big game for Oregon, man. They don't really have a ton of challenges within their schedule. Um, I Consistently, like this was just a – got to win your big out-of-conference game. Everybody usually has one unless your name is Georgia. So, I mean, for them to go in, it's not an easy place to play. It's really not, no matter whether or not they started 0-1. I think Texas Tech was thrown into a shitty situation in Laramie, and that's still a good team. And people, they're still going to compete for that Big 12 uh, top spot. Uh, they they just got to bounce back. They just had two tough games to start. But Oregon's good, man. Like that, that I take a lot of good things away from going into Lubbock and winning a football game, no matter how ugly it was, no matter if you covered in the last 50 seconds. Like Bo Nix was still absolutely splendid this game. I mean, the dude threw, he was like, what, 32 for 44, 359 and two scores. I mean, he's still elite. Um, He turned the ball over zero times. So I I take all good things from Oregon on this trip, no matter how close the game was. It's just just a win in that situation, kind of like we looked at with LSU and Florida State. Like, you just win. Hey, from deserts and the non-rain-fed West Texas, let's go down to Miami where the great beaches are. 
Miami with a big win over A&M. A&M goes in there and doesn't look like A&M in the facet that they were in a shootout all of a sudden. Like, you're not ready for that A&M team to get in a shootout. And if you thought it was high scoring, you probably thought A&M was one-sided winning that one. Miami, with a statement win in the crystal ball era, beats A&M. Van Dyke looked good. Back to his 2021 form. And he threw five touchdowns. I mean, that's bonkers. And you look at what kind of what teams did. They just aired it out. I mean, it was literally just slinging the rock all over the field. Neither team got over 100 yards total and rushing, which is crazy when you look at A&M and what they've always wanted to do and how they were recruited and how they built that offensive line. Well, it turns out if you air it out enough, it'll work out as well. And A&M, with that secondary man kind of got toasted and it was toasted the entire day and van dyke took advantage of every opportunity he had can you look at this game and say you know a&m the west is open in the sec but that's not your formula to win football games like how do you guys look at that game and the results i actually kind of have a talking point into that later i i think that yet while, while the west is still open this team doesn't prove to me that they can they can get that done i think there's a couple of other teams outside of alabama and in lsu that could be better than a and M. It's just interesting to see that Jimbo's got a different trouble, different problem on his plate yeah. this year. Last year, he couldn't figure it out offensively. Honestly, Wigman was, was solid. He had a couple of bad throws, but for the most part, he was good. Evan Stewart's been awesome. Like he's still a second first team, all conference guy. If you had to like describe this game, it was kind of like NBA jam. It was Wegman and Stewart versus Tyler Van Dyke, Dyke and Xavier Restrepo. Like, both of those two duos were just going at it. It was fun to watch, um, but the defense just looks vulnerable, and that defensive line isn't as good as is kind of what we thought going into the season was. Um, I mean, I think the team can still get seven wins. I don't think the bottom of the West is going to give them a ton of trouble, but if they don't tighten things up a little bit defensively, they could find themselves in a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, seven, seven, win season for sure. It kind of feels like they are set up to beat the West with the ability, like they did stop the run, because LSU hasn't run the ball very well. Alabama has to run the ball because they haven't been able to air it out consistently. Mississippi State, that we'll get into later, hasn't chosen to throw the football yet. And there's it's just spots where in Ole Miss, Ole Miss is the one that's like, they will gash you if you're not ready for it because that's what they want to do. It's just interesting to look at that A&NC and see they flip problem. Parks. Let me uh, just play a little bit of devil's advocate here. They should be very worried, man. I mean, Miami averaged 12 and a half yards per catch against yeah. this A&M secondary. I mean, you said they got torched. They got torched, man. And these SEC teams are going to have at least equal, if not better, talent on the outside as Miami. I mean, not a team that obviously is bad, but a team that's usually towards the middle of this ACC now. Like they're gonna, they're in trouble if they don't lock it down in the secondary. They're gonna give up a shitload of points in SEC games. So 100%. as good as Wigman can be, they're gonna find themselves in a lot of shootouts on the wrong side if they don't fix things on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, let's give, let's give Miami the credit though. Like they came out and they won a football mm-hmm. game that nobody. I mean, there were some sharps that were kind of on them on the backside fading the public, but the public was not giving Miami a chance. And a lot of people were kind of saying maybe you know it's possible, but it, you know this and this and everything. Well. I, I can't say a ton of dominoes fell their way because they made plays. There wasn't weird things that happened in this game that flipped the script completely. Miami went out and got themselves a win. And Mario Cristobal, probably not happy with giving up that many points, but it ain't going to matter when you're winning football games. You can fix things a lot easier when you're winning uh, because it 
closes a lot of the doubts and problems within the room. Let's go to the big one from the weekend. Texas beats Alabama in Bryant-Denny, and they were seven-and-a-half-point dogs. My dog's dog from last week. You're welcome. And when you look at that game, that was kind of the same situation. I mean, teams ran the ball a little more. They're both a little more committed to running the football. But Texas got the better plays out of Ewers late. He didn't turn the ball over. He made a couple deep throws um, in the game in big spots. Reese, when you look at this one and you kind of dissect it, or maybe from a 10,000, let's go with a 10,000-foot view. They go into Alabama in a year where they're already way hyped up and a preseason ranking high. A lot of people haven't picked to win the Big 12. A lot of people have them in the playoff. Immediately, you're tested going to Tuscaloosa, and then you win. Now what? How does that, like, what does that really mean for this Texas team now? Well, I go back to last year, too. I mean, there may be a Quinn Ewers from staying in that game from beating Alabama two years in a row. Like, Texas is, is projecting in the right direction. Um, I think longevity Sar Sarkeesian's doing the right things for this program, and guys see that, or high school recruits or guys that are looking for somewhere new to go, they see that you're going to Tuscaloosa and beating that team there. Hey, maybe they actually got something going there, and this team is going to be a staple. And maybe going into the SEC next year, they're not going to be as bad as people thought they were. They thought it was going to take the time to adjust. Maybe they're already ready to be there. And I think just looking at, like you said, looking at it from 10,000 10, feet away, Texas is projecting the right way, and Alabama's still going to be Alabama. They're just, it's not the, they don't have that quarterback that they've had the last couple of years. They don't have Bryce Young, who was the number one draft pick, won them a lot of ball games. Mill Road just isn't that guy. And that's not saying he's a bad quarterback. It's just he's not Bryce Young, who was one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah. So. And it's, it kind of feels like they brought in Tommy Reese to help that situation out. And it kind of felt like he would be the right guy for this spot for Alabama to kind of switch their offense back to, you know, their earlier 2000s way of running the football. Well, they haven't really excelled at that quite yet. Uh, teams are making him beat him from the pocket, and he hasn't. And credit to Texas on the defensive front and in the secondary, really making life hell for the Alabama offense in a lot of situations. That game was a ton of fun to watch, a ton of fun to watch. Schaefer and Parks, when you look at this one, what is your biggest takeaway from the game? Like it, Whether it's on Alabama, whether it's on Texas, whether it's just the entire scope of college football after it. I think physically, Alabama's not as as big as they have been in the past in kind of Saban's dominant years in his decade or even farther than that, his, his reign of dominance, uh, Texas was physically able to respond to them. Um, the defensive line struggled at times to really get pressure on Ewers. There was a lot of Ewers bashing last week against Rice about how inaccurate he was. Um, and he threw two of his deepest balls and in his career at Texas this weekend at the biggest times. So um, his inability to get pressure on Ewers made him successful. And to be honest with you, I was surprised that Alabama wasn't able to establish the run game. McClellan ran for 45 yards. Uh, the run game was poor. And honestly, I just think that you guys are pretty – Immature, and I just thought I'll let you get it out. <laughs> I can't. I he can't. Laughing. He started laughing. I can't. I was I holding it in too well. I was like, like "Are you guys going to be able to breathe if I don't just acknowledge it?" I didn't even think that was that he, bad. I thought when I like, said it, I thought when I said it, I was like, "No, that, that wasn't that bad." That. Speaking of which, I already put it on our no. TikTok today about McNamara's quote in his interview. Oh, that was much worse than what I said. That was so that was obvious. Funny, I, I was not laughing at the comment as much as I was laughing at Parks attempting to hide himself behind the <laughs> He wasn't doing yeah, a very good I, job. I didn't, I didn't say anything, at then, I at, 
me and, me and Parks, made eye contact, just fucking giggling. And I'm like, okay, there it is. I'm immature. What do you want me to say? <laughs> this is, we're going to, we're going to, we're, gonna, yeah, we're muting the, we're muting balls in our, in our podcast. No more saying that. You can't say balls at all in any aspect, in oh, any term. God. So you can't well, say two yeah. of them and then deep. I mean, you're talking about the trenches though. Like Alabama's offensive line struggled with the Texas front a ton. Like they were consistently beat on the edge. They were consistently beat. Um, and Milrow felt that pressure. He threw a couple of balls where he definitely was not, you know, paying attention to what was downfield. And then he was on the move a couple of times and it didn't matter because they were there in the blink of an eye. And it was honestly, it was enjoyable to watch that game because it was kind of a, it gives you the feel that maybe this year is more and more open than we thought had Alabama won that game. Maybe you're not thinking that as much, not maybe it still is that same open year, but when you get a team from the Big 12 going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama, it kind of opens up the horizons of this year and exactly what's going to happen is still unknown. Maybe you get a two-loss team in the playoff. I don't know. Parks. Let me I, – I just have two points coming away from this game, and I think kind of Schaefer and you hit it, is really I didn't expect Texas to be as successful as they were on the, at the line of scrimmage, really on both sides of the ball. And you both touched on it already, but I wanted to flip this kind of back to you, JP, as a personal question, did you feel like, or how do you feel about Caden Proctor, the Iowa kid committed to Iowa, then going to Alabama and then kind of having that performance on the line? Like, did that give you like, all right, this kid's getting what he deserved from a fan's perspective, a little bit of a personal question, but what did you take away? Like, do you feel bad for the kid? Do you wish the best for him? Or are you kind of like, yeah, you son of a bitch, you should have come to no, Iowa. I mean, I was upset originally and I was like when it first happened, obviously that flip hurt, like because Iowa needed a guy to fill those spots. And um, he still still would definitely be playing at Iowa and really help mm-hmm. out that offensive line. Well, after you kind of get over it, it kind of dust settles. You just want the kid to succeed. Again, he's from the Des Moines area. He had the chance to go play for Nick Saban at Alabama. He's playing right away as a freshman. He's In his second game in college, he is playing Texas and the spotlight game of the week. Like, He's going to have some slip-ups. The kid's still 18, 19 years old. Whether he's 6'6", 350 or not, he's still going to have those slip-ups. So I want him to succeed. I don't have any ill will towards him. Uh, Again, it did hurt originally because it definitely changed the trajectory of that recruiting class. That's a good football. I was going to go after it. That's a good football guy answer right there. And Anyway, my second point is I think we have to take a step back and not maybe to step back, but we just have to kind of understand that Jalen Monroe is still a very elite quarterback, man. I mean, look at the, we're comparing him to probably the elite of the elitist college football quarterback rooms and what he's come from mm-hmm. at Alabama. Like we're looking, he's backing up Bryce Young. I mean, just name a few, Tua, yeah, Jalen Hurd. Like we're, we're comparing him into these, like he's still a very serviceable quarterback and he doesn't have a great offensive line like those quarterbacks did. I mean, he may be a little bit lesser of a player, but I still I still think they're going to have a successful year. I think people talking about, and I've heard, I have heard a couple of people say, you know, maybe Nick Saban's time's up or that dynasty's ending. Oh, piss in your own hand because that team is still very good. Give Texas credit where it's due. The West can still be won with Alabama and the playoff can still be reached. So, kind of, I just kind of want to subtly move into a, into a talking point because I don't know if you guys took away – anything from the weekend that really stood out to your eyes. But I know that this has been now brought up on, I think, two or three podcasts that I've listened to. So I just kind of want to talk about it with everybody um, and moving off of that that Alabama loss. So are we going to say that is the SEC not the best conference in college football right now? 
Like if you were had to rank your from top to bottom, I know some people were comparing quarterbacks, whatever you want to compare your metric based on. You want to compare on wins. You want to compare on the worst team to the best team. Are we talking best, like the most really good teams? I think, or I think best as the way the I base it is, yes, your top two or three teams, but also like who's at your bottom. Because I, I would still argue that the SEC still is the best conference in college football, but I know that there are people who want to argue there's a lot of Pac-12 fighters well, my, out there. My point is, is like if you're – Yeah, then 10, 10 maybe. for your money. Yeah, the West know, is man, terrible. West is would, that, that would be my argument. Well, not, the West is atrocious. But you're saying top two or three teams. If you're talking about top you're two saying or three you gotta, teams. You got to rank your bottom teams. Yeah, you have, have your heavy hitters, but it. you also have like yeah, – So right. like this weekend, for anybody who did – Because I heard a lot of people fight the the Pac-12 was better. Well, Auburn went to Cal, and it wasn't pretty, but mm-hmm. Cal gave but they real, won. Real game. Uh, Mississippi State edged Arizona at home. I, I see those two teams very comparable for where they're at in their respective conferences. Um, Oregon was – Oklahoma State, Oklahoma yep. State beat Arizona State. That's a different conference, like, and that very comparable again. Yeah, well, the West lost to Wazoo, <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin got handled by our boy again, the Cam Ward Pike. The, the West, I can tell you, it's not the yeah. ACC. Well, that's what I, I was going to say. An argument for the three conferences. <laughs> no, I, I, that's ACC. Are you saying it's not the ACC due to the top to bottom? Like you have to consider the bottom terrible. Uh, like, I think the top isn't. I Boston College is the worst two of the top football. and nobody else. <laughs> exactly. Really bad. And that's what I was going to say. My initial thought and was Virginia, maybe the ACC. And Virginia Tech. And Vodtech. But if you – I think you could make a different argument if you include, which we did back in our previews, Notre Dame plays an ACC schedule. If you put them in I there. Still, I still don't even – really I still, really still, yeah, still don't so consider bad. it better than, than even <sighs> Pac-12. It's a, it's a three-horse race in that, in my opinion. Hey, going along with this though, like this is a good actually segue right into one of my biggest takeaway from the week, and then we'll get to each one. My biggest takeaway of the week is I think two wins can get you in the playoff. And two I losses. I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, I think two this losses, is two losses. two losses. Sorry, don't do two. Wins. <laughs> I don't think two don't wins. Two. I'm <laughs> saying Nebraska's got a chance, bro. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> Scares to the playoffs. Okay, retract everything. Virginia can still make the playoff. No. Uh, two losses can get you in the playoff. I, like, you can't yeah. tell, like, what if Alabama loses one SEC West game, but still wins agree. the West and then beats Georgia? Or I, I think you can because there's not going to be that many teams with one loss. The Pac-12 is going to eat itself alive. The Big 12 is going to eat itself you alive. You think? When you look at the Big 10 in the East, that's I think, yes. I don't think one team is going to run away with it in the Pac-12. I, I, but I think, I think two losses is crazy think, possible. What if Notre Dame beats – USC and USC loses okay. one Pac-12 game and still wins the playoff. Wins that Pac-12. So Notre, so USC goes undefeated and but loses to Notre, Notre Dame, Dame in the Pac-12, but loses to Notre Dame. No, 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 no. So they go to let, lose one. Okay, Pac-12 so they go game. ten and two, and they lose. That, to Notre that Dame. wouldn't get them. There's in. two, ten and two, and you win the Pac-12. I think, I think out of the Pac-12, you you're going to get. I one, feel like it's possible. One team will have one loss or fewer, or one or zero. Maybe. You think Texas loses, loses more than once the rest of the year? Now that they got this Alabama, I've seen one team. So, okay, like, no, no, no. I'm just getting I'm listening. Like listen to me. Listen to me. So you got those two. So say Texas loses one game the rest of the year. Yep. You are putting them in? So you have a yep. Pac-12 team who I think is yeah, going to have a one loss. Would. You have Texas. I don't mm-hmm. see Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. All of them are. One of those teams will have be undefeated or have one loss. So they're getting thrown in. So there's three, and you're telling. 
Yeah, and you think Georgia, Georgia or LSU? I just don't see it. I don't see it. with with LSU with LSU it's and Alabama possible. losing to Texas and Florida State. We didn't even give it ACC team a chance. I don't see it happening. I, I like your argument. I do, but from my perspective, I don't it's see possible. it. Hey, but here's that's my biggest takeaway though. Is I feel here's like it's what possible. I'll say. That's all I'm saying. It'll be very interesting this year. Thanks to everybody who wants to now throw twelve stupid ass teams. Next year it makes all the takes all the fun away from this year. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Fun haters. Yeah, Alabama won at or Texas won at Alabama, and now <laughs> yes. one's an eight, and one's a. Don't four. worry, Alabama. You're fine. You're <laughs> just fine, Alabama. You'll be a ten seed. You'll be all right. Don't don't hate on all of it because you're still going to have those arguments over who's going to play a playoff home game. So don't, I would rather still argue about there. who I'm should be in in general here, than who's going to be at uh, home field advantage. Like it's the NFL playoffs. I don't care. Well, it's going to matter. Like, imagine Oregon oh, or, I'm sorry, imagine UCLA having to go to Ann Arbor rather I know, than it's, playing. No, I, I, I see, it's, it's I see we're going to find a new argument. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying I don't want to argue about a team. Yeah, we're not going to lose interest or, like, lose the ability to, like, really enjoy what we're arguing about with it. It's just kind of like you make more parking spots. Your parking spots are not that elite Cam, anymore. Like you ain't got that your big home, of a rock Your star home pop. field argument makes makes total sense for college football because no matter what, college football fans or sports fans in general will always find something to argue about. They'll do twenty a twenty four team playoff. Fair, and we'll be like, bro. well, I mean, we're we're letting yeah, we're letting <laughs> twenty five teams in now. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. No, Reese, your biggest takeaway from week two was what? Um, I just think that people guys are taking Notre Dame a little bit more seriously. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, NC State's a team that's pretty solid year in, year out, and they went there and they left, no doubt. Like, it wasn't even a, yep. a question. I like um, that Sam one. Hartman was the right guy to get. They got him. So I think sky's the limit for them, and they got a tough schedule going ahead. But um, they're they're one of those teams that they can maybe they, – they may not in the conference. They can maybe lose one game and try to still get in, but I think they got to run the how table. About, but, um, how about Al- right Alabama getting Tyler Buckner? In Notre Dame got Sam Hartman. How about that? I, I take think that he knew deal. He was going to have that job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just. Isn't that just crazy? Where the Alabama's taking the Notre Dame it reject, is. and now Notre Dame's got the best quarterback. They'll in the have transfer a new portal. transfer. They'll get a huge name next summer. I guarantee it. Or in December, one of the two. Somebody's going to get a big name. Parks, your biggest takeaway from week two was what? Uh, I'm right about Kansas and Jake was wrong. I, hey, my Kansas hey, is good, man. I'm still, I'm not. All right. It's They're good. Not, they'll, they'll win six games. They'll no, win six games. The hey, no, no. Hey. You saying they're good is me proving. I'm right. They, I was right. You were wrong. You somebody is going to go. Schaefer hates Kansas. My and brother Kansas asked me, Colorado. Um, you still want to take your things back about Kansas and Iowa State? I go, we'll see. That game's in November. I'm gonna wait and see. I'm still gonna wait and hey, see can on we, it. Can we? I just have one question for Parks. I just hey, have one Rocco's question. Rocco's gonna be ready. Parks, you said the Big Ten West is bad, and then they handle a Big Ten West that is bad. A dark like, horse. We who, all of us said was a dark horse. Yeah. Well, I it's, didn't know they were hand in hand. Block. It's hand in hand for me because I'm looking at the Big Ten West, and I was thinking Illinois could have a good chance to be at the top. Mm-hmm. They're defensive dominant, but Kansas controlled that game from start to finish. I expected yeah, a close game, but it really wasn't. Nope. The score does not, not reflect it at all. Yeah. If Kansas is getting after your quarterback, you have massive issues. Mm-hmm. Schaefer, that was did my, you give my uh, takeaway? My, kind of, okay. Was the SEC the best team or the best conference in the country? That was my takeaway. So Okay. All right. 
cool. Hey, let's flip the page. Let's go into week three. We're officially ready for some game previews. Now, there's no such thing as a bad week in college football. The slate may not be as elite, but it's still going to be awesome. There's going to be some games here that you're really going to want to pay attention to. Let's jump into the first one, Tennessee and Florida. Tennessee heads down to the swamp as six and a half point favorites and over under at 58 and a half. Florida, obviously, is in the week one. They went to Salt Lake City, lost to Utah. They really struggled to run the football. Didn't look like a good team. People jumped off that bandwagon immediately. Talking about Napier and his job. 2001 was the last time the Vols had won in the swamp, though. 2001. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's, that was a long time ago. I don't know if you guys that. know that. Yeah. 2001 was the last time the Vols won in the swamp. The Florida defense gives up 4.1 yards per play, which is 22nd in the country. I think they're going to have to be a really stout unit this week. Joe Milton's had his accuracy problems from people that I've uh, read stories with or blogs that they've written for uh, Tennessee football. He's had his accuracy issues, but they've been really committed to the run game. Can Florida slow the run game and make Joe Milton beat him from the pocket? That's going to be a big thing for them. And can Florida kill the turnovers, keep the ball on their side, slow the game down, and just muck it up and make it a crazy game in the swamp. I think that's where this game comes down to. Graham Mertz isn't going to light the world on fire. There probably is a chance that they beat uh, Tennessee if they play well and they take care of the football and they get a good offensive um, showing out of Mertz and the run game. But Tennessee's shown a little more disruption. Again, they haven't been really challenged yet, but they've shown more disruption this year by getting into the backfield and tackles for loss. What do you guys think about this game? If you guys have stuff you want to break down, go ahead. I think it's one of the better games of the weekend. I, I, I think it's going to be a good test for Tennessee to really see if this team can contend in the East. Uh, I think we haven't really gotten an, a great look at what Joe Milton and this offense is really capable of yet. Um, and it's been a couple of weeks now since I've been removed from the hauntings of Billy Napier's poor coaching. So I'm excited to see what what two both of these teams are are made of. And I think this is a great start to SEC conference play for both of these teams, kind of who both need big wins to go into this to one team is kind of trying to stay alive, keeping a coaching job alive. And another team is trying to win the East. So. Hey, Parks, who wins this game? Like, who do you, like, do you, are you going to take the points with Florida after a stat saying they balls haven't won since 2001 and Florida, maybe Florida gets a close one. Like, what do you see? I'm going to take Tennessee. I, I don't think Florida is has established enough identity to compete with the team that kind of is trending in the right direction, is fully healthy, this defense has shown dominance, and I really just haven't seen enough comfortability in this Florida coaching staff and on the field. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's new guys fitting into new schemes, and I really just don't think that they're ready for this Tennessee team with a quarterback who's a stud one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the conference who's ready to prove himself. I think it'll be a little bit closer than people think, but I think Tennessee wins and they're going to cover. Yep. Reese, when you look at this game, are you kind of the same boat as Parks? Or maybe you give Florida a little more credit. Maybe this is just a spot where they get off to the right foot in the SEC. I mean, you're playing in, you're playing in the swamp, so a um, little bit more of an advantage there. But I still think Tennessee goes in there and handles it. I think Joe Milton's a better quarterback compared to Grammers. They got the better defense. Um, it's just... Can they travel on the road in the hostile environment and do what they need to do? 100%. Hey, I, I'll i take Florida to cover here. I think they keep it close, but I'll take Tennessee to win. Um, if this gets high scoring, Tennessee is going to route um, the Gators and they're going to win and cover. But I think it gets mucked up enough in some random spots and maybe um, 
there's a hidden point or two in there just from the noise and the atmosphere going into the swamp. And maybe Tennessee's not quite ready for that first road test of the year. Maybe it's closer than people think, but I'm not confident in saying that Florida's going to win the game. Schaefer, I, like, I like Tennessee to win. I like Tennessee one? to cover. I think the passing game travels well. Yeah. You said no. that confidently. Are you, I think, are you no, on I'm, that one? I'm not. And if I was, I would never oh, tell okay. you. You're never actually going to hear what I bet <laughs> ever again. So I, we're going to have to link his action to his, <sighs> to his DraftKings so we can make sure we're getting all those bets, fellas. We're going to have to not lock that one down. He's Let's making them up. <laughs> Let's stay in the SEC. Let's go LSU at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, a nine-point dog, an over-under of 54-and-a-half. We talked a little bit about Mississippi State earlier. They played Arizona last week and kind of got into a dogfight, into overtime, and just didn't really look great. Uh, we saw LSU early in the year in a marquee matchup against Florida State, and you saw LSU get exposed in the secondary in different spots. Jaden Daniels was kind of running for his life, having to make plays by himself. This is a different game. This is an SEC opener. You're on the road. Jaden Daniels is going to have to go in there and play good football with a team that traditionally is really good defensively, and especially in the front seven. What do we think about this game? Schaefer, you started off. Let's go LSU, Mississippi State. What happens? Well, is miss what what is mississippi state going to decide to to throw at throw is kind of that could kind of be a pun in this yeah quite literally, quite literally throw yes. at lsu are they going um, to they haven't really tapped into and we knew that they weren't going to uh keep the air raid style from from leach last year but i want to see them put the ball in the air a little more they, they said that rogers like has like uh he's got his own little office with the coaching staff he's kind of grab the keys from this offense it's pretty surprising considering yeah he the so he, he kind of develops a system which is i thought was an interesting note but it's it's hard to take away from what we saw from lsu because they're coming off a 17 to 10 throttle with with grambling so it's one game they played a team that's not relevant and in the the first time we really saw lsu they they looked really poor on off or on defense and and their secondary looks like it could be could be trouble so i don't know i i i I don't really know what to expect in this game, um, but I think Mississippi State finds a way to stay around. I'm just interested to see how they do it. But Mississippi State didn't look great last week either, but um, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'm, I'm leaning Mississippi State to hang around. I think LSU will find a way to win, though. Hey, how about a stat line from Will Rogers last week in a game where they probably needed him? 13-17 of 17 for 162 and three touchdowns. He but threw the hey, ball 17 if, times last week. They if that's would not proficient throw enough, and maybe they're, they've been hiding. I don't – it wasn't. They could have – I think they could have gashed an Arizona defense a little more, and they just chose not to. Um, that's something to pay attention to. Are they going to air it out a little more? Maybe they didn't want to show LSU anything. It's possible. We're going to find out, though. Um, Jay Delore was that Arizona offense. He's a very dy- dual-threat guy. He was – uh, threw for 342, ran for 44, which was a leading rusher for that team, uh, the Wildcats. But he threw four picks. That's just an opportune defense in Mississippi State. Jane Daniels is a better quarterback than Jane Delora. He's more patient. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be yeah, – Water is wet. He's not more athletic. He is simply going to make better decisions. He's going to be a little more dynamic in the run game. He's going to have a better set of players around him, a better offensive line probably better running backs. The receiving rooms are probably a little bit better. There's going to be a chance that Mississippi State's going to not get those turnovers this weekend. You can probably assume that they're not going to have four picks this weekend. What are you really going to get out of the Mississippi State defense? Is it slowing down Jaden Daniels? Is it just making this this game 
25 or 27, 20 or 24, 17, somewhere in there. I think LSU is in a good spot to take advantage of the Mississippi state defense. Is the Mississippi state offense ready to take advantage of the poor defensive uh, secondary that LSU has? Well, you could say that, and you could also have this here. LSU ranks 113th in on defense on yards per rush at 4.7. That's with the Grambling stuff. Grambling mm-hmm. ran mm-hmm. the ball well last week. Um, Mississippi State gets 5.7 yards a pop. Maybe they don't try to throw more. Maybe they see this like I and said, they go, well, let's stick to this if, formula if we you, ran last week. If Rogers only has to throw 17 times, so be it. He can. He's a guy who can be super effective in his 15 throws. If they run the ball like they do, and then the down the yep. stretch when he needs to hit those third down plays or he needs to put a two minute drive together, he's really good. He's good enough to do that. Yeah, and theoretically, like football one on one would tell you, you run the football to open up the pass. Well, if you're going to open up the pass because you're gashing this LSU team, I promise you, you're not going to run into Will Rogers' random interceptions or really bad ones. He's going to have open guys, especially if that secondary has to come down and stop the run. Again, this line is nine. It's in Starkville with the cowbells. Parks, going to you, what do you think about this game? Do you like a certain side? Do you just like, is this like, let's find more about LSU. Like, let's find out now. First true road test. Yeah, I think you got to go back and take a look at across countrywide. I, I just think teams and people need to understand that it's not easy to play competitive games week one. It's it's You get a lot of these teams like Michigan, Georgia, who play these games where they get to build their confidence, find their identity, find their go-to yep. guys, go know their go-to plays. They don't get to do that against Florida State. Then they play Grambling. They start to build that confidence. And then you look at the other side, and granted, Arizona is much better than they were three years ago, but you're in an overtime dogfight with Arizona. I think this is a perfect game if you are a college football fan who likes to watch quarterbacks play the game of college football like it's a video game because both of these guys do that. You're going to see a lot of quarterbacks scramble. You're going to see a lot of quarterback runs. I think Brian Thomas Jr. for NLSU is going to be too much to handle. I don't think Starkville is a hard enough place to play for this LSU team who has playoff chances that are still alive. So give me LSU on the road. Reese, going to you, anything on this game you really want to outline that you're excited to see talk about? I need LSU to win to save my playoff title. That's, uh, prediction. that's, that's what I need. I need that. Um, but I, I think it's – it's, it's also interesting to see what it what is what is LSU's adjustments from the shellacking they got week one against an actual opponent. Like, did they figure out their weaknesses? What do they actually do to correct them? What can this offense do better? What can this defense do better? Because Mississippi State going into Starkville, yeah, it's not the toughest place in the SEC, but it's still a road game in the SEC. It ain't an easy conference to go win on the road. So, one hundred percent. I think I think Mississippi State can cover the ten though. Yep, I have L- or I have Mississippi State in the ten. That is something I'm playing. Um, didn't sprinkle the money line. I'm taking Mississippi State in the 10, though. I think it gets mucked up enough. I think they will be able to run the football well enough. They'll find their gaps through the secondary, and they'll keep it close. Um, so I'll take the Bulldogs plus the points. Let's go to the backyard brawl. Pitt, West Virginia. West Virginia. Very upset with Pitt, actually. I was very happy so to bet I. on that minus seven last so week. And they were awful. Um, Djokovic didn't look great. Reese, break this down for us. Yeah, Pitt, like you just mentioned, they did not look great. Uh, Emory Jones, 216 yards on the ground last week. So if Pitt can't clean up that defense, uh, that's going to be a problem. Lions only at one. I'm not sure if Vegas is trying to trick me or what's going on here. I think Pitt is still the better team you're going on the road, like I was just saying at Country Roads. Um, but West Virginia is a team with a coach on the hot seat that everybody talks about from the beginning of, from the beginning of the year. 
Um, Djokovic really didn't look that great last week. I mean, he had three touchdowns, but he was also 10 of 32. Um, so they're going to need to make some adjustments, get guys more open for him, make some better throws. And, I mean, West Virginia, they played better than expected, I guess, uh, week one. I had them at under 14 and a half. Why are they going for two against Penn State? I still don't understand that. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, they beat Duquesne last week. Um, I mean, it's Duke, Duquesne. It's a game Duke you should points. win. Uh, they can feel good about themselves. But I but I think uh, Pitt goes there. Backyard brawl. I think they handle them. Um, and Djokovic, Djokovic gets handle yeah, handle for, uh, for yeah, a pick. They handle it's, I mean, it spreads at the spreads at one. Yeah, they handle it. Dude. The spreads at one. I don't think they go there and has any problems with it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I don't think West Virginia looked overwhelmed in week one. Again, it was week one, a little bit different. You might have got a vanilla Penn State team. Um, Morgantown's fun. Like it seems to be a good atmosphere every time they pack that place, and you know it will be with this game. I will take. I'll take Pitt in that one as well. Shocker! I'm gonna take West Virginia. I'm gonna take West Virginia at home. Uh, I think that West Virginia actually might have the better quarterback. Um, I'm jumping ship early on Phil Jerkovich. Like I, I, it's it's tough to say. I think defensively, um, West Virginia is going to do enough, and and I think they're going to run the ball with Donaldson and get get him comfortable. And I can see them kind of winning this ugly in a twenty to ten type of battle. So I think West Virginia kind of is going to match up well with with Pitt here. Parks, who you got? I don't know. Honestly, I think the play here might be the under. I, I don't think either of these teams have extreme weapons on the outside, I think. I mean, both of their leading receivers are, are just not impressive compared to the general. I mean, Pitt's leading receiver has five receptions for 118 yards. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a slower-paced game than people expect. I think Morgantown will play a factor. I think these are kind of average programs that – some people maybe didn't even expect them to be average. I know you were higher on Pitt this year, JP, and I think the mm. whole podcast was. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I'll give the home field edge to West Virginia, but I think the line's just where it is. I think Reese saying that it's going to be a, a boat racing is pretty crazy. I, yeah. That'd be interesting. Let's see if you can hit the nail on the head that. again. I think they win by seven to ten points. That's not a boat race. I thought you. I, I thought know, you I didn't say we're going to be a boat. They're going to handle them. I mean, for a one point line, ten points is still pretty impressive. Two scores. I think seven to ten. Hey, let's go to a Big Ten game before we get to the. I think probably, if not one, one B on games of the weekend. Let's, so I'll go to the Big Ten real quick. Penn State at Illinois. Penn State is a fourteen and a half point favorite. Over under of forty eight and a half. Uh, Illinois did not great. Not great last Thursday. They looked brutal. And in a lot of aspects on both sides of the ball was very disappointing. And if you're Brett Bielma, you're kind of shaking your head wondering what happened and why did it get bad so fast. Um, Illinois def- uh, Illinois's defense sorry, is giving up 477 yards per game. That's 6.3 yards per play. That's not going to win a lot of football games. And that's against Toledo, who has a good point. offense, still a Mac team. And then Kansas, who we know has a good offense. Well, now you get Penn State, who's going to be able to run the football better both those teams they have a better offensive line they have better weapons they have a better running back room i can guarantee you than both those schools and are i mean not at this point but maybe in the near future the best quarterback between those three schools oldmeyer hasn't been protected he has not been able to sit in the pocket and make plays we saw in that kansas game him fighting for his life keeping them in that game kid was running around throwing the ball all over the field just trying to get something going 
Illinois hasn't gotten the run game going. Penn State's got an elite defense. And again, a team that I picked to get to the playoff and a team that we were all high on, whether we picked them to get in the playoff or not, we all thought this is going to be a good year for Penn State. This is going to be a tough one for Illinois. Now, 14 and a half is probably telling you that this is going to be lower scoring, especially with a 48 and a half over under. Illinois has given up 20 points last year. They gave up 20 points or more three times. They've already done it twice with 28 and 34. This defense isn't good. It, and it hasn't shown that it's good. It hasn't really reared its teeth as a scary um, team yet. So I think I'll take Penn State here. I'll take Penn State to cover. I think they handle this Illinois team on both sides of the football and especially on the line of scrimmage. Singleton's <clears throat> going to be able to get a ton of yards. Aller's going to be comfortable in the pocket. They're not going to feel a lot of pressure on the defensive side of the ball from a team who already can't protect their quarterback. They're going to be able to get after him. James Franklin should get his first Big Ten win of the year. Anybody taking Illinois? Do you like the Illinois, the points? Is everybody on Penn State? No, if you are out there and you are looking at this game going, oh, that could be a good one. That is your desperation to find a good game within this dog shit (laughs) slate that college football handed us. Because this Illinois team is not good, man. We, I can't, I can't put it out there enough how bad the big 10 West is top to bottom. I mean, it is bad. This Penn State team is going to shit pump this team. You think Champaign, Illinois is a tough place to play? Are you kidding me? No, it's not a tough place to play. It's Penn State we're talking about. Uh, It might be a slower-paced game. I think that's a fair assumption, JP. Um, But Altmaier was their leading rusher last week, and I'm pretty sure that was just from scrambling in the pocket. I'm not even kidding. I think think two of them were designed runs, and he ran the ball 15 times. So let's slow down on this Illinois upset watch bullshit. This is going to be Penn State all day long. It's got Reese to you on this one. Oh, oh, Schaefer, you go. Oh, no. Schaefer, go ahead. He's jumping at it. I didn't know you were ready to roll. Thanks, man. Blue eyes, you're good. I was going to say, if you would have told me that that Illinois would have found their quarterback, um, I kind of would have thought that that our dark horse contention would have been correct. But I think he's – been the one shining light on this team and what what has been so so far a pretty dark year um you talked about before this team struggles against dual threat quarterbacks well I don't think Aller is a dual threat guy they can do both things run the ball and pass the ball very well because of their running back room um so they're gonna probably run the ball until they bleed blue in the face uh and then they'll start to throw Aller around and he'll get comfortable and he'll start to air it out I don't man you, you gave that stat JP of six yards of per play this team could get seven yards throwing a run it doesn't matter it does not matter they will get whatever they yeah. want the only thing that concerns me is 14 and a half I hate that number I hate that number I think Altmaier is good enough number. to give a it's backdoor a cover like they did last week they were they were down like Ooh, I don't know. I think it was like 24. Down yeah. 20 late. And they they get got a, down get and then they cut it to like 11. That's where I see if you're getting into the betting side of things. I hate the line. Yeah. Reese, to you on this one, anything different? Anything you really want to outline with this one or who you're picking? Is it yeah, a surprise? Really, Penn State should go the champagne and handle their business. Not that yep. they just got to go play. Figure out what Oliver hey. can do. Yep. Hey, let's get to one of the bigger games of the weekend. Kansas State will head to Como and play Missouri. Missouri, a four-and-a-half-point dog at home with an over-under of 48. Schaefer, this has got you written all over it. Take it away. Where college game day isn't there, but 
the Once Upon a Saturday tour is. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're, hey, that would be a great spot to go. Como's a great place. I think game day should have went there, but we're not going to get into that. Um, outside of Texas, you're going to say that Kansas State's looks like the second best team in the league. Some people would argue for Oklahoma. I think I have to see it more. But SMU gave them a challenge last week, by the way. But um, they dominated Troy in the second half. They they were 10 of 15 on third down conversions. They stayed on the field. You know what you're going to get out of a climbing coach team. They're not going to make mistakes. If they can convert on third downs just like they did last week, they're going to be very effective this week. They're still looking at Trayshawn Ward. They're looking at DJ Giddens to be the combo backfield kind of deal to replace Deuce Vaughn. Um, both of them combined for 110 yards last week. That's I want to see more out of them. I, I don't know if there's a 1A for that that guy right now. I think that Ward or Giddens could be the, the main back, and they're looking for one. And they're going to get tested this week because if there's one thing that Drinkowitz brings to the table, it, it's a solid defense. Like This defense was underrated last year, but – Ironically, Kansas State didn't really have a ton of trouble with that because they were able to run the ball so well. Brady Cook, if we don't pay attention to where Missouri's been at, he won the job over Garcia. Uh, and I think he's, he's, I think he's not bad. His QBR is, is up, I think, in the top five of the SEC right now. He was the guy who took under center when they got trounced last year in Manhattan, but it was a weird game. It was rainy. It, it just had a bunch of di- different aspects to it. I think. Cook will be effective. Look for them to play super slow. Kansas State's going to kind of do that ground and pound style as well. But I think Will Howard's got a better arm for them this year uh, than previous quarterbacks for climbing. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. But if I had to edge it on one side, the four and a half, I'd probably lean. Let's go Missouri here. (laughs) For one reason, away teams absolutely bit me in the ass last week. So I'm kind of done taking a bunch of away teams. I think Kansas State could come out with a, a three-point victory. Maybe they win on a last-second field goal. But if Cook wants to be effective, get Luther Burden involved. He's a he's that X factor on the outside. Get your re- receivers going. Um, and if both these teams, whoever wins this game, could springboard into a pretty solid year. So, one hundred percent. And you're looking at a Missouri team that kind of wants a resurrection season with Drinkwitz in this position he's in. They can battle in the east and they did in certain spots last year uh this is going to be an exciting game and you know that's a border battle over there now again it's not missouri kansas of the basketball years and of the late 2000s and they're playing in football and they're both ranked in the top 10 uh but this is a really good kansas state team i can't go against climbing and i will not go against climbing because the guy is really good ats his teams are always ready to go i'll take kansas state to win i'll take him to cover as well reese I like that. I don't. I don't have enough faith in Missouri and Kansas State. Shown it this year. I think so far, Will Howard's pretty good quarterback. Parks, I'm gonna go uh, AA style on this, where I'm gonna say my name is Camden Parks, and I have a bad habit of making something out of nothing games for the group of five because I really <laughs> thought Troy was gonna give Kansas State a challenge last week, and, and I'm. You I and still a lot think of Troy's people, a very though. good team, they're, they're, right? Troy watched the football game like Troy Troy gave them a challenge like the second half kind of got away from them but First like half. Troy looked all right like it's not like they got they went in there and got absolutely fist pounded 
kids snacking. What are you eating, Schaefer? Hold on. I'll pause my breakdown. Oh, oh, he's hammering that. He's parched. Anyway, let me get my pick. What? Come on, we'll pick, man. I didn't even. I was doing my AA introduction. You cut me off like that. I'm going back. I'm taking a drink right away. Group of five. Hi, Camden. Uh, Kansas State. I'm going to take Kansas State. I think they're a better football team. I do think it'll be a slower paced game, but I think the Wildcats are too much. I, I believe in Will Howard and what he's doing there. He's playing great in the role as his, the leader. He's really stepped into that. And I think they handle business. It will be interesting. I think this will tell you a lot about the Kansas State team, whether it's close or whether it's not. Uh, you're going to learn if they are legitimate number two in the Big 12, and you're going to learn whether Drinkwitz is going to be on the hot seat here soon. I think this is a big game for him. That's it for the previews for the weekend. There are other games, though that we definitely want to talk about. Let's jump into those. Let's go to our under-the-radar game of the week. Reese, leading off with you, what do you got? I got TCU going down to Houston. Uh, big reason that just pops up to me, I've been paying attention to an over in this game because I thought it was going to be interesting. I should have took it sooner. Uh was at 62 a couple of days, and I was already at 64 and a half. So I think it's just going to be a whole lot of fun because it's going to be two good offenses with two bad defenses. Um, Chandler Morris versus Donovan Smith. And it's also, what are these teams going to be like in conference this year? They're, I don't think they're going to be contending for anything, but they might have the pace for what the middle of that pack is going to be like when it comes to offense um, and the kind of production they're going to have. Uh, what can TCU look like uh, coming back and actually being in this, being a part of this conference this year? And, I mean, Houston lost to Rice last week, which was not a good look. Um, so what can they do at home against a good Horn Frog team that's going to be coming in um, and start off the uh, Big 12 conference play for them? Parks going down to you. Your under the radar game of the week is. Uh, I don't want to take anybody else's, but is there another? Are we asking? Are you asking me a group of five game as well? Mm. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Perfect. And I'm going to use it here. I'm going to take uh, James Madison is going to play Troy this week, and I think both of those teams are very good. James Madison coming off a good win. Uh, we need Troy to step back into kind of what they th- I thought they were going to be. But if you're a good, good college football fan that really watches the depths of the unknown, turn on James Madison, who is a very good football team, still can't win anything after. Um, but uh, Troy and James Madison is going to be a great game, and I think Troy is going to edge it, even though James Madison's very good. Schaefer, to you, you're under the radar game. I don't know how much week. of a under the radar is being both of power five opponents, but I like Minnesota at North Carolina. I think that this is going to be a contrast in play styles. Uh, Can Kaliak Manis just show something at the quarterback position for Minnesota to have a chance this weekend in Chapel Hill. So um, UNC is coming off that double overtime, kind of scared of app state. Maybe they wake up a little bit and take care of business of with Minnesota at home. But I think Minnesota defensively could, give this team some trouble. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a game for sure. I, under the radar counts though, because not a lot of people are paying attention to Minnesota right now. Um, and they're waiting for North Carolina to get into ACC play with mine. I'm going to go to Stillwater, South Alabama, a team that we had talked about um, earlier that. in the year goes to Stillwater. They'll play Oklahoma state. It's a touchdown spread. <laughs> Oklahoma state's only favored by a touchdown. South Alabama is a really good team. And you may have not seen it quite yet, but they are probably the best team Oklahoma State's seen to this point. If the spread's at seven, it's telling you it's going to be better than expected, and they can definitely win this thing. So I'll go there um, with that one. Now, I don't know what happens. I could see it being like a four-point game late, though, in Stillywood. So let's go into our dogs. Dog, we have 
some standings to update everybody on through two weeks. Currently, I have four points. Reese with three. Parks with three. Schaefer was zero. Now, Schaefer fought for half a point. He really wanted us to give him something out of the bad beat he got last week, but that's part of taking the dog, Schaefer. You got to take a risk. You know, there's risk-reward on both sides of that coin. But I'll start off with you this week. Who would you like your dog to be? you going to let me take yours? No. Just because I let you go first doesn't mean you can take anybody's choice. Yeah, come All on, right, man. then I'm going to go... Yeah, uh, screw it. I'm I'm already There's I'm already so behind, so we're gonna take a chance here. I'm gonna take Colorado State on the road against Colorado, twenty three and a half. Uh, my second one I was gonna side with was Western Kentucky, twenty eight, um, just because I don't know what I'm gonna get out of Ohio State. I wouldn't but say that's a bad. I'm one. gonna go Colorado State here because I think Nebraska showed a couple of things for for Colorado. Um, that maybe Colorado State can can expose a little bit, but after watching Cam Ward throw for like 400 yards on this team, I'm not feeling great about that pick. Not feeling <laughs> great. <laughs> hey, hey, when you look at Colorado State, though, it's a team that's building. They're still building. Norvell went there. They're they're getting better. Remember how bad they were two they're years ago? They're not much better. They're getting better. Maybe they give them a little they're bit of a scare. They're much better. They're definitely better than they were two years ago. <laughs> yes, they are. Come on. Hey, up to you, Reese. Your dog's dog. Oh. Uh, we talked about it before, but Mississippi State plus a 10 going to LSU. There's another dog that I like, but I would rather take a team that I think has a chance to win. Um, I think Mississippi State can handle them. We're not handle them. I think they can cover the spread, and then it's so the best Colorado chance for State wins, I do I get at least so. like four points or something for this? So no. why do I get the same amount of points no. as if Mississippi State wins at home than I do if – because you chose to take that spread. You chose. You, you could have picked two that, like one. Reese did. That kind of defeats the fun in this. Shaver, when you hit one, you can complain about how many points you get. Yeah, all there right? you go, bud. Hey, let's go to I me. Mean, I have Georgia Tech plus the 20 and a half against Ole Miss in a sandwich spot. This is the old sandwich special here. Ole Miss coming after off a game at Tulane where they were told, like, this is going to be a way better game than you think. This is going to be tough. You got to be ready to go. Hey. Boom. Okay, now we're ready to go. They go I'm in there. Change mine. Well. I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm in the middle. Of I'm my gonna show. do. Oh my! Hey, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm giving his pick. I'm gonna do. In the middle of his pick. I'm gonna do. Pit, some people pit plus one. Because no you know, if else. they if they go and win as the underdog, I get three points for that. Where do you see them? As West the Virginia is minus one. Pitt's so pit. Pit plus one. They go. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just telling you how stupid that is. Name and pick a pick up game. I still want the Rams. When you, yeah, you again, also when took you mine. Win or get one to you cover, took mine. You can complain. I, I put it in the document three days ago. Maybe in the document earlier in the week, bud. Yeah, what do you want out of me? Can I go back to my spiel? I was on a roll. Are you Sorry. ready? Am I good? Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Recalibrate my brain to figure out where I was here. Ole Miss just played Tulane. On the road, they were told that was going to be a tough game. They go handle business. Well, next week, they go to Tuscaloosa to play the first SEC West game, their first SEC game of the schedule. Well, in the middle of that is a Georgia Tech team that Parks was high on in the preseason that is improved, gave Louisville a legitimate run for their money earlier, plus 20 and a half. The Yellow Jackets, I'll take. And just to clarify, if you uh, are wondering, what do you mean high on? I mean, I, I said they were going to a bowl game. Just so yeah, we're very high. clear. Okay, you okay. Were, I didn't say you were high on a mic. Okay, you know, okay. I just want to clarify in case we have a new listener. This is like Said a 5'9 pedestal, not a 6'4 pedestal. You know? mm-hmm. There you go. 
I like that pick a lot, too. Jordan. Yep. Down to Parks. Well, what I'm looking at two of them. Um, so I'm going to give you both of them because neither of them have been said. I'm going to tell you, you should take a good hard look at Arizona State playing at home as a three-point underdog to uh, Fresno State. Fresno State looked not very good last week against Eastern Washington. It took them overtime to beat uh, – what are they? What is – oh, brain fart. Eastern Washington, red t- field turf. Give me the nickname, JP. You got it. Eagles. The Eagles, thank you. Eagles. Uh, so they had to beat East, Eastern Washington. Eagles. Was, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Reese. Wait, That's before so nice. you go, can I pick another one? No, I got to pick two. Why did Schaefer <laughs> get to two, two? I Okay, you probably won't take my other one. Wait, either, why honestly. are you doing two? So, I'm, I'm just kidding. You got to pick, pick, you gotta pick one I don't need, for the point. I'm just I'm making fun of you. Just I'm making fun of you. Calm down, Jacob. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I'm making fun of you, Schaefer. Calm down, Jacob. I'm going to take that, – that is my tease play. I think the play – this will be the one that counts, JP. Write this one down. Uh, yep, this is the one I got. Houston at home plus the seven and a half against TCU. I think TCU's defense is atrocious. I don't give a shit what they did against Nichols. Um, and I think Houston has a chance to win that game outright. So give me T- uh, Houston plus the seven and a half. They're going to beat UTSA and TCU. Uh, all the abbreviated Texas teams are going to get eaten up by the Houston Cougars. So give me Houston. Shay, if you want to solidify which one you took. Colorado State. Thank you. What's That's a crazy play, by the way. I need the number, Schaefer. Not, 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 not possible. Right? Missouri plus four and a half. Because we're going to do this thing. Oh, he's no. changing it. I changed his mind. Missouri. I changed his mind. Missouri. I am just. You're lucky I got a pencil, not a pen. I swear. I can't get. I can't get enough. I'd have been livid. Hey, you know what, Schaefer? I was going to be nice to your school on this next one. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't get it. Like. See, Colorado State went in there and won it, and I only got the same amount of points as a seven and a half point dog. So you don't have to pick so I, the big that's one. That's why I did for, for the fun of it. I just took the fun out of it. I took Missouri. <laughs> Look, I took the twenty because Reese challenged me to pick a double digit one after I went seven both weeks in a row, both hit, and he's just saying I wasn't good enough. So I'm trying to be better. I don't listen you to any of that. Complaining about without with us one time. Kid hasn't hit a single one. He's complaining how many points he may not get. He probably has. He's just not telling you about it. <laughs> he just doesn't tell you. He's a sneaky better now. I don't know. I don't like it. I can't make any money. Uh, Immediately to game line of the week that we like the most. Park, let's go right to you. Your favorite line of the week is what? It sounds terrible, but sorry, Jake. I like Colorado minus the 23. I don't doesn't think matter. I changed my pick. can be able to stop them. Changed my pick. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Colorado State's gonna be able to stop him. I mean, Shadur Sanders can throw it around, and he plays foot he plays playground football out there, man. And honestly, I, I don't even want to mention Travis Hunter. I'm so tired of hearing about this team, and I'm sure everybody is. Can anybody join me on that, really quick? Are you guys tired of receiving tweets? I think we're not going to see really. it slow down. So, well, I just kind of have to eat it. I'll, I'll sign off the I'll sign off the episode with with what I need to say about that because I still haven't broken down the game, but whatever. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Next line, Reese. Reese. Um, I'm torn between. I really like yours, JP. Um, yeah, but we just can't take it. Dogs, dog. Yeah, no, but what's supposed to be dogs, dog? I'm not taking. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, the one I'm looking at, that I think I really going to take. I think I'm going to take Western Michigan plus a twenty and a half. I think all they got to do is score one touchdown because I don't think Iowa's going to go and score 35, 40 points because I just don't think they're going to. Usually they don't put the foot in the throat, I think. That is fine. I think Western Western Michigan can can cover the 28 and a half. All they got to do is find a way to score one touchdown if they can find a way to sneak a field goal in there too. 
give him 10 points. I don't know if I was putting a 38, 40 points. So. That's a good point. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. I Schaefer, do. Do you want to go? Because I think I'm going to steal yours. All right. That, that is <laughs> no. Iowa State. Fuck. Pardon minus me. the two. No. What the? Sh- okay. I'm it's, getting tired of this. this you can't take that from me. Schaefer, you're what do you mean? It's my team. Away. It's on. The, oh, it, oh. You got to look at the I document. I did look at the document. Oh, my goodness. What's the point of me putting this stuff Also, in? I have my own document. I have my own document where I make these notes, and so I threw it in there, and then I forgot to throw it in the other one. So I probably had this before you. Okay, you I was probably what? at Georgia Tech before you. You know, then you can have all. You can have them. You can have them. You can have Thanks. them. I bet on this on Sunday. I'll, then I'll flip it. I'll bet more on it. And take Ohio because I know you can't win shit. You guys keep talking. I'll keep my mouth shut and just keep winning. I'll just keep winning. Let me talk <laughs> oh, about this. Let me talk. Let me talk about this. Hot one week because this is absolutely just ridiculous. I mean, two and a half. I mean, you might as well pick Ohio to win the football game. Vegas, if you're going to put a line at this point, I mean, the, Gary Vaughn is out, which is a big piece of the defense. I thought we missed him last week in some spots, but physically, either line, and I'm talking about our offensive line too, I don't see how we are mismatched by Ohio in any facet of this situation. And I know Rourke is back, and they got a good road win last week against Florida Atlantic, but I still don't see him being able to put up. I don't know, 17, 20 points against this defense. And this team found ways to put 30 on you and I, and it could have been more. I think this team can get to 21 on Ohio. I don't think it's crazy to ask. So this line is just, it's insane to me. It's insane to me. Hey, Cam, wipe your stupid fucking smirk off your face. I can't wait to go back and find that clip. The Mac is so light years behind everybody. I told you, you better watch out. This line is where it is because Vegas Blanco's knows. coming in hot this week. Yep. Oh, I wish I had one to fill into this slot. No, Dude, that's fine, Jordan. B, Bowling hear, Green plus the 40 I want to hear your take as an outsider. Like, no. I want to hear why you like I, Iowa State so much. I, I thought this line would move immediately. No. It has not really moved that much. But I look at Rourke as a good quarterback, yes. But when you put him against that secondary and the defensive front and the 3-3-5 that they're going to throw at Ohio, I – can't imagine that he's going to light the world on fire. I can't imagine that Ohio defense is just going to shut everything down. Beck looked fine. Like he threw some really bad balls. Like, but when they're getting the ball out of his hand immediately and it's one, two, one, two, the ball's out of his hands and just moved upon uh, all over the field and spread out to all his different weapons, they're fine. They move the football fine. Now they did that against an Iowa team that bends but doesn't break, but that doesn't matter when you can now stretch the field possibly. He did it against you and I. You're telling me you and I is that right. much worse than. Ohio, because I don't buy that. Um, and so that's why I took it at two and a half. I think that's my favorite play. That's, I mean, by a long shot this year, this is my favorite play I've had. I think it's the metrics so. offensively, which it's fine. Like Vegas wins a lot for a reason, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't get what they're looking at. Yeah, I, I agree. Shout out, shout out the under last week. Never a <sighs> doubt. It never yeah. is. God damn it. Reese never is. In doubt. Never. Hey, we had a really good episode here on a slate that most people weren't a big fan of, but I think we found some real gems all over the place in this one. Parks, before we kind of send it out to our buddy Lee, mm-hmm. you wanted to talk a little bit of that Colorado-Nebraska stuff, mm-hmm. right? I did. Okay. I just didn't break down the, the game earlier. Sure. I thought you were just asking about the atmosphere, so I'll try and make it quick. Um. Mm-hmm. 
I've heard a lot of people talk about this game, and I, I kind of took it for what it is. Where we know who we hired. I had a I had a compadre, he who shall not be named because he took it back immediately. That asked for Matt Rule's head after this game, and I almost punched him in the face. I said, that's ridiculous, man. Like, we knew what we signed on for. He did this at the other two programs. People said, you know, he's coming in with a more loaded gun than he did at Baylor and Temple. Is he? These kids are certified losers, man. They haven't won anything in the five years there with Scott Frost or the four years there with Scott Frost. How can we keep saying they're so talented? Then why the fuck aren't we winning? So I think people need to take a step back and look at maybe we are just bad. And maybe we need to get the bad eggs out. And that's just how it's going to be throughout the year. And that's okay. Do I need to take your yes. temperature? Are you okay? Are you running a fever right now? I think I am sick. fine. I think I, I think you're, it was you're, no, I know. you're admitting that Nebraska is terrible. I'm wondering if you're sick. This is like the first time I've, no, I've heard I'm, a Nebraska yeah. fan. All right, let's not say <laughs> they're bad. They're not terrible. Let's, you, come said on, terrible. Dude, you said terrible. It's terrible. I said they, the kids have been terrible. Right. I don't think. There, there's right. good spots on the team. Like Quentin Newsom's going to be a first round draft pick. So let's, let's, I, I don't I'm think cool. terrible. Like Northwestern and Boston College are terrible. I'm not disagreeing. They're not there. Okay. Okay. So I just think when you look at the game, Nebraska's defense was absolutely splendid the first half, minimum of the first half. They, they, Colorado didn't put a point up until four, the 420 mark in the second quarter. If you would have taken what everybody thought this Colorado offense was after the TCU game, you'd be like, holy shit, no way. Like, they're going to put up 25 in the first half at minimum. Nebraska's defense is good. I like Tony White's 3-3-5. It's incredible to see what it's produced with athletes that are better than what Syracuse has. So it's been great. But if we stop turning the ball over. Watch it. Watch it. Hey, Syracuse does look good. We we didn't mention it, but they do look good. Um but I don't want to look too much into the kind of the end product because the defense got put on the field way too much. Shadur made plays, but we also lead the country in sacks. I, I don't know really what to take away from it other than it's going to be interesting to see because everybody thinks Jeff Sims is this biggest piece that if we get rid of him and we stop turning the ball over, we would have won the first two games. Or if we had Casey Thompson, we would have won the first two games. You're going to find out this week how good Nebraska is. Because NIU isn't really a joke. They're not great. They're not they're just good. They're not going to win their they just conference. Lost Southern Illinois last week. I'm pretty sure I heard that. They so. did. They're not terrible. They, I mean, they have a power five quarterback that's played in Lincoln before. Uh, so I, I, the line's only at 10. So let's, I mean, we'll calm down two and a half. You guys are, you know, like, don't <laughs> fucking squint your thing. That we're just <laughs> taking your team to cover two and a half. Let's relax over there. Uh, so it, all in all, I don't – it sucked. It sucked to be there and watch us get smoked. I think we left with nine minutes in the fourth quarter because the guys I was, was with thought it was going to be a safety issue. It wouldn't have been. And uh, But it, it sucks, man. It, I don't, it really wasn't a fun experience. I don't think um, – I don't think Rule will ever be on the hot seat in the first two years, but I, I think I think Satterfield no. could go after year one. I think he's he wasn't yeah, a good hire in the first place. That were that's where I got yeah an issue with rule. I think the offense in general is just terrible. Not not just Jeff Sims, the offense in general, bad. It's I haven't seen a lot of schemes I love like I did with Frost. And there's been some people out there that have said we should rehire Scott Frost as an people OC. People are so stupid. I mean, Their you ass. can't you can't actually make Bring up the back. stupidity. 
Yeah, you're correct. I am not on that train. But Satterfield, he has made some mistakes, but it's really hard to get a drive going when you fumble on second down. True. So I, I still need to see more. And I think Nebraska is a direct product of what I talked about earlier. It is not easy to go play good or serviceable opponents week one and two when you don't have a a, a build-in game. It's the fourth year in a row Nebraska's opened in conference on the road, and then they go play on the road at a rival who's got all the news and media all over their knobs. And it's it's tough. So it'll be interesting to see when they try and find their identity against these next two games and then roll into the Michigan game. So excited for it, but it sucked in general. And I'm not out on the season. I just hope we progress. Well, Harmerson, that's all you can hope for in the first year of a new head coach. I still think they can make a bowl game. For most of our teams. It's possible, especially in the West this year, mm-hmm. right now. Hey, Great episode, ton of fun, a lot of organic content came out of that. I don't know how in the world Schaefer decided to take everybody's picks, but we'll figure that and out next time. Around. Better rules. Have a great college. Have a have a great college football weekend. Enjoy the hell out of it. You only get so many. We're already on week three. We have a special guest to take us away, Mister Lee Corso. Take us away. Play the fight song. Rolling down a backwoods, Tennessee byway. One arm on the wheel Holding my lover with the other A sweet, soft, southern thrill Worked hard all week Got a little jingle On a Tennessee Saturday night Couldn't feel better I'm together with my Dixieland delight Spend my dollar Park in a holler Need the mountain moonlight Hold her up tight Make a little loving A little turn it up On a Mason-Dixon night It's my life